Welcome to Make New Mistakes, a show about being in business, being in charge, and being the one to totally screw it up. Hosted by two lady C-suite types who are still learning, like you. Welcome to episode zero. Yeah. Episode zero of Make New Mistakes. This is the one... This is the gateway episode. Starts before the timeline. When we're a giant number one iTunes phenomenon and you're new to the show, this is the one you go back to. And And you'll actually be able to understand things like why the logo is a duck and why we decided to do uh, focus on mistakes, um, which I think, honestly, women don't focus on enough. Or too much. Or too much. Or too much. I think that we, yes, I, I agree. I think what I was saying is that like, we don't talk about them enough because we it's like our secret shame every mistake yes. is the is the thing that you know almost like you get thwarted by um as opposed to i feel like every entrepreneur bro is walking around talking about how i failed up um and <laughs> we're socialized that our mistakes are our undoing and we need to minimize them downplay the negative upplay the positive don't mess with in between. That's mm-hmm. we're supposed to be that kind of perfect, and we never, we never stop and say, yeah, we've made some mistakes, and they've actually been a big part of our journey. So, um, okay. By the way, my name is Melissa Anelli, and my name is Takia Blackwell. <laughs> I'm the CEO of Mischief Management, and I'm the COO of Mischief Management. We run a company full of women. Yeah. What are we? Twenty three people now, and twenty of them are women. Yeah. Um, and we are are we, we come from literally we have no investment. There's no we're not bootstrapping it over yeah, here. Yeah, we literally <laughs> made it out of almost nothing. Um, sheer force of will. Should we sheer force of will force of willed this company into existence? And what we do is we create fan events. That's how we started with uh, LeakyCon, which is a big Harry Potter. Uh, fan convention and then we had the, we started Broadway Con in 2015 and we, we produce a variety of other fan conventions as well and have a lot of ideas and things cooking that all revolve around the idea of living your passions and living through culture and um, being really obsessive about the things you love and having that be something kind of positive and greater than the sum of its parts and something that you can share with people i think the thing that makes our events different than other ones that is really special to me and why i'm why i'm continuously passionate about it um is that it's about fostering community and being really inclusive um and and wanting to hear from different voices and not um sometimes we will argue and debate because that's fandom um but it's not about pushing out and pushing aside people who disagree with you um and it's not about the fan looking like one particular thing and i think that that's something that has been changing in fan culture over the last five to ten years is that people would think of a fan of um, sci-fi and fantasy or they would think of a fan of video gaming and there is one idea (laughs) gee what was that idea (laughs) what does that person look like i wonder um but i think that what we're what we're getting to now which is like this really great beautiful multi-dimensional fan culture um and i am really excited by our events because i think that um they've really helped uh helped shape my perception of it and really been at the forefront of like what that what that paradise could look like and be changing what they look like because historically um even though and I say this all the time even though purchase power and the actual economic power of all these fan communities 
is with women also and has Spanish been creation. forever. I mean, when Spanish you start creation, Spanish creation, hundred percent. It is. It's with women, and to see, and once you understand that, and you see that it's so male, you get really personally like offends my secondary Hufflepuff nature, which I'm sure we'll talk about secondary houses a lot. <laughs> but uh, the the whole the idea of fairness that What's really your primary gets, house. Oh, gee, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Gryffindor. I think you're going to find a lot of CEO Gryffindors in the world because it's just it's and there's all types, of course, but you have to be a little bit crazy and stupid. <laughs> uh, and let's there be honest, there are plenty of smart Gryffindors. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying not all Gryffindors are stupid, <laughs> but I'm saying there's like a level of carelessness. In in, pl- in yeah. place of the facts. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the floor. It's being willing to run straight into the wall. Straight through the wall. I have left Melissa-shaped imprints <laughs> in the walls sometimes, but so have you left Dakia-shaped imprints. That's not untrue. <laughs> so as you can see, we're really passionate about what we do. And we decided to start this podcast because um, we wanted to just contribute to the conversation around the things that we are learning in business. I call myself often an accidental entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I think I think we are accidental leaders of a pretty substantially sized company. At this oh, point. absolutely! I you could not have told Takia ten years ago that this is <laughs> where I would be. Yeah. She, uh, we've not only made up what the job is, um, but we've really been able to craft it. Um, I think to our strong suits and to to be the right place that we could never have imagined um, before. No, and it's um, it's a it's a challenge and it's exciting and I learn things every day and I make mistakes yeah. all the time. Yeah, buddy. We Taki and I joke that we are so we share an office and we are um, we joke that we're in a cloud shaped <laughs> meeting at all times. So we actually have a meeting on this on the on the calendar each week for us to have some time together and it just feels so stupid every time it comes around because it's like well, we, well all i do you? all day is talk to you and it, you do you have that moment where it's like are you let's actually use this moment to be like are are you there are you you know are you uh, is there anything we do need to talk about but anyway we talk so much and um we wanted to bring some of this cool fun discussion mm-hmm. uh to yeah. the world and i think that a lot of a lot of people um there's that there's the story of the uh uh the lucky business owner, the like we, this uh, magic overnight sensation. That's it. Yeah. There's the story it's... of the overnight sensation. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people overlook the work that it takes to get there. Yeah. I know that I get a lot of questions about how mischief is thinking about things and how we've gotten to be where we are. Um, I know that a lot of people see the image that we put forward, which is, you know, a conscious image to always put forward our most professional, um, though fun and welcoming, Mm -hmm. but most professional face. Um, A lot of people see that and they think of this, uh, you know, highly professional (laughs) God knows what they're doing, has their shit together. Totally. That's what you're talking about. And I think that the best, I think that the best, the best teams, the best companies, um, it's not about being, having your shit together and knowing what you're doing. It's about, being really dedicated to the vision and having really smart and strategic people who are figuring it out every step of the way. Um, We are absolutely still figuring it out and still making a lot of, um, you know, small, big, different sized mistakes. Yeah. But I think that if white dudes can get up on stages and talk about failing up, then 
Uh, we should. We should talk Absolutely. about it right now, not as right. a not twenty years from now um, when everything is stable and comfortable. But right. we should talk about it now so that we can learn from those mistakes and not repeat them so that yeah. we can continue to make new mistakes. Yeah. So this is the the title is it comes from Takia she or from whatever volumes Takia has <laughs> absorbed that have resulted in her saying these things frequently. But she says whenever we make some sort of big mistake, it's like, that's fine. That's fine. Just don't make it again. The the failing the failing up thing is, you know, white dudes ab- absolutely do walk around failing up all the time. And we should absolutely talk about that. But we should also talk about failing down and really screwing it up. Yeah. We have, <laughs> we've done it. We've absolutely done it. And, and a, a company being successful or at least what we measure as successful, which is able to pay its employees and continue on with the work, um, you'll notice again that that's a gendered way of referring to a company's success because most dudes who talk about a company's success talk about how prepped they are for the big buy and for the exit strategy and for this and then that. And we're like, are we doing our best work? Are our employees getting paid? Are we positioning ourselves to grow? Yeah. I mean, and also, to be fair, the greater world of business business and management and the way that people talk about business is still super, super gendered and super binary. And I think that we're going to fall like we're going to fall. We are already talking about women and men. It's super binary. (laughs) We're we're learning this as we go. Yeah. And we're going to fall down to those tropes because we're calling on um, information and sometimes, you know, research or things that has happened in the past that we are familiar with. Um, but I think that it's it's important to note that, like, this is a very uh, uh, narrow view of the way people think about the way they work in business. Yeah. And we hope to bring a lot of those views as we go on, um, not just from us, but from friends of ours who are in different areas. But we are, you know, commi- or from different backgrounds. We're committed to the work of bringing a lot of um, views to to the world. But yeah, I think that I think it's really, really, really important um, to make new mistakes, too. And honestly, um, in that idea is also uh, being being tolerant of risk and not being afraid to take risks because you can't um, in you can't in business or in life, you know, just stay sheltered um, and stay comfortable and avoid risk at all costs. Though I would love to because it does yeah. make me deeply uncomfortable. I loved when Takia said stay comfortable, I started laughing or be uncomfortable. I started laughing because there's, there's not there's nothing comfortable yeah. about about. I mean, when we hired the first employees at Mischief, I don't think I slept for a good week. When you're saying to people, come come with me, I will provide for your existence in exchange for mm-hmm. your hard work and dedication, that's an extraordinary contract to enter with somebody. And we lose it a little bit now because now we're hired, we hire people, we've lost people, we bring, you know, that that momentousness of that moment sort of has faded into, into habit mm-hmm. at this point. But when we hired Jordan, that first, uh, he was our first hire, um, it was before you. And it was, I yeah, I, I remember the actual, like, shaking nervousness <laughs> I have for a year at least as we started yeah. to hire people. And that was, what, five years ago oh, now? Oh, <laughs> God. It's only been five years. Jordan had his fifth anniversary. that's so long. Now we are 23 people. Yeah. A variety of mostly mostly full-time, some part-time, but mostly full-time people. And it's, it's places, you don't get to places like this without taking a lot of risk and without being afraid and without Screwing building building resilience to that discomfort. Why don't we tell people a little bit about 
our histories. Yes. Not how to did get you... all bio about yeah. this. How did you become an entrepreneur? It's a long story. I own and run the website, The Leaky Cauldron, which some of you listening, if you are listening, uh, <laughs> hello, is anyone out there? Which some <laughs> may remember as the one of the biggest Harry Potter fan sites on the web. It still is. Um, and... As a result of that, I, w- I wrote a book called Harry, A History, which is about the Harry Potter phenomenon. J.K. Rowling wrote the forward, one of the great honors of my life. And then our staff uh, wanted to try our hand at creating a fan convention based on the premise that it should really come from the fans themselves. And it should re- and we had a lot of ideas about how to make that happen. And this is where the Gryffindor stupidity comes in because I signed my name to a contract where if that event did not sell or if that event did not, and it, it didn't really sell, but if it, if it did not do, if it, if it had done like 5% worse than it did, I would have been, it was already a scrape. It was already, I had to like empty my bank account to, make sure we made the minimums to make the event go on. I had to fight with hotels. I had to cover up for all the silly mistakes we made in reading or rather not properly reading the contract uh, in that in that first event. But we made it, we scraped through, and the things that you can't teach, the creative stuff, the, 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 the fun, all that stuff was right. The financial was... <laughs> Financial and logistics and opera. Oh Who cares? My it was God. fun. Who cares? I had a tax lien for seven years on my credit. It was fine because I put all my money into making it go, and I forgot that it was just tax season. I had a tax bill, and yep. so then the tax, the IRS was like, "Yeah, we're gonna have to screw your credit up for seven years." Worth it in the end, um, but yeah. So that's how this all started, and then we had our idea for Broadway Con, and when that started to happen and LeakyCon was growing and BroadwayCon was happening, then we started to realize we actually, you know, the intent was only to do one or two of these. And and the second one we realized, no, actually there is something really cool and different happening here and we need to just start honoring that and seeing that through. And that's when we what started What do you mean? Wasn't foundation. Harry Potter ending? We, you know, it's uh, it was the weekend of the last movie, the second event we ever did. We were sure it was done. It was over. Every This is, this is the last party, guys. This is the party we're going to have. And it's it's not what happens at all. What we learned is that you create something else when you bring a lot of people together. And that's what has fueled Broadway Con. That's what has fueled Con of Thrones. And that's what is fueling Pod X. And that's, that's what we do. Um, and it's an ineffable something. But it's an ineffable something that is now... A mid-sized company. Well, it's a small company. Yeah. But it's a, you know, for for me, th- this seems enormous. <laughs> so, um, what's one thing that you wish you'd known back then? How to read a goddamn contract. <laughs> cool. So, well, that's food three. and cool. beverage budget. I will just say, food and beverage minimum. I wish I'd read a primer about that early on. Let me tell you. Also, like just how to. Um, how important the fight is. I get into fights because I have to. Somebody has to in every business, I think. You don't want to, but you need um, the willingness to have the fight. The person who's going to go to the mattresses. Yeah. You need, you need, you need a Corleone in there. <laughs> and I am definitely of that ilk. Sicilian. Luckily, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> luckily, we have an Italian. Yes. You always need an Italian is what I'm saying. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need... Somebody who will just get in there for what's right um, and for what will keep the company alive. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. It takes a lot of fighting. It does. Um, so tell me, Takia. Honestly, I think that my story starts at age 11 reading the Harry Potter books. 
Um, right? Like I read the Harry Potter books. They became a huge part of my life. Um, I really loved them. And I was, I am a Ravenclaw, but I wasn't the type of kid who uh, read a ton of books. Though I read a lot more when I was younger, but I wasn't the type of Ravenclaw who has um, their life plan made out. Um, not at 11. Not uh, on a spreadsheet. At 16, I maybe had a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, it. But so the Harry Potter books really became a huge part of my life, but um, not a part that I really thought was I was going to do anything with. Um, I really loved them. Friends around me really loved them. We were part of the Harry Potter generation. Um, and so I just kind of carried that with me. Um, at 13, I saw Spider-Man for the first time uh -huh. and decided I wanted to be a movie producer. I don't know if you know this. I don't um, <laughs> know this. This is fascinating. Yes. I knew a piece of this, but mm -hmm. I didn't know it happened at 13. Yeah. So at 13, I saw Spider-Man at a movie co, which is like this giant, it's like a, like a giant movie theater. Um, it was themed by Egyptian, like Egyptian themed. There was a person there um, with a fiddle playing the Spider-Man theme. I was enraptured. I was like, this experience is what huh. life should be. Um, and so I wanted to make movies. I wanted to bring joy to people. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was like that was the way to do the thing. Um, and so I actually got a, my undergrad degree is in film. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to stop loving something as much? Study it. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, and so that, uh, you know, through undergrad, I explored different elements of myself. Um, I got involved with the Harry Potter Alliance mm -hmm. um, because apparently Harry Potter just couldn't couldn't leave it alone. Um, and so I started volunteering with them. Um, working on various uh, social justice causes and things like that. I got really interested in, you know, progressive movements and helping others and communities um, see themes. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so I met Melissa through the HPA and got looped into helping at <laughs> uh, LeakyCon 2011 as the rock star liaison mm -hmm. um, because we, need you, we so needed a uh, quick fix. The and rock stars are, were the people of the highest ticket price. Yes. They had special perks and had a person they were supposed to talk to. And then the person that they talked to all year could not come to the event. We found out that morning. Takiya had the bad luck or <laughs> whatever luck to be sitting across from me at breakfast when I found out the news. And isn't that a theme of small business? It's I was so there. I, my butt was in the seat. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that. Really had a lot of fun, though 2011 was a ride. Um, we'll talk there, about that one day. Yeah, alphabetization. I, alphabetization. Honest, that is a mistake. To that is a giant mistake. Um, no, alphabetization is is not is a mistake. Good. Yes, always alphabetize. Know how you're doing it is the question. Okay, um, and so, yeah, I uh, got involved with Leaky at 2011, did a little work um, for the 2012 event, and then was leaving the HPA um, looking for, you know, ways to stay involved with the fandom community, um, though I was looking at other uh, professional opportunities. Um, and as it turns out, there was a role at Leaky for me. And I will tell you that I um, I talked to you guys at the end of 2012, I think I was, I think I said I'm leaving the HPA, but I would mm -hmm. love to like mm -hmm. stay involved with Leaky. And they offered me logistics director, and I was like, "Do you know I haven't run a con before? <laughs> None of us had ever done it before. It all it does feel like play acting in the beginning. It's like you have this hat, you play this role, you'll be the leading lady. It was, but it was a much larger role than I expected <laughs> them offering me. I went back to school uh, to get an MBA, which was a complicated. Yeah. 
could be its own episode. Um, also, the, in 2012, though, the, that role was pure volunteer. We hadn't mm-hmm. hired anybody. We're like, be a director for this thing, and also there's no money. Yep. Uh, it's a passion project. Mm-hmm. It's something that meant a lot, and that I honestly got to learn a lot of skills and make up a lot of processes and really um, explore my own Ravenclaw strategic, everything needs a spreadsheet brain, yep. um, which was you know the fun of it then. I went back to school for my MBA, thought that I would be either something uh, non-profit-y or something um, entertainment industry-y. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, which is the mistake. Do not get an MBA. They're very expensive (laughs) if you don't know what you want to do. That's fair. That's fair. Um, And, you know, as I studied mischief grew and luckily when I left school there was a role a full-time role here for me um and we've just been kind of like busting it out and growing since then um it's real like it's really exciting and interesting to um have I think both Harry Potter and mischief it's having stories grow with you um and watching the way that the world expands and the way the things you put into things come back um, has been really powerful and an exciting part of this journey. So, what can people expect to hear? We uh, every two weeks is are going to be going to be our schedule. What can people expect to hear on this this Make New Mistakes podcast? I think we'll be exploring questions that either get posed to us or are think you of know ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we ask of ourselves that are common in the uh, business and management ecosystem currently. We'll hear from you. We'll take if you want to ask us a question or send in an idea, please do so. We're at New Mistakes Pod on Twitter, and we're gonna talk. We're gonna just share with you some things as we go. I mean, we're we're probably gonna be able to share some on the ground stuff as it happens, mm-hmm. uh, especially at events. They are cauldrons for. Uh, mistakes oh boy um so we'll have a lot of great fun content for you there and we're just going to go on a journey together talking about in a real way not business from people who've you know had the giant billion dollar sales but business from people who are scrappling it together and did i say scrappling i did i'm going with it scrappling it together and <laughs> um and 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 making it work based on i i have a i have a thing that i've learned as a, a catchphrase now is that I say frequently, we are the limit. Mm-hmm. And it is a daunting a thing. Deeply terrifying statement. It's horrifying. I, re- I remember the day I realized it. <laughs> like, oh, wait, hold on. We are the actual limit Do of you know what is something possible. Something I recently I told Sierra um, that like really is kind of in the back of my head and haunts me. I think that our greatness is on the tip of my tongue. That is the feeling. Uh, that's horrifying. <laughs> it's just there. It's just there. It's right it's there. It's right there. Just gotta reach out. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what it feels like to be having like a like a like a, a a basically successful growing group company that is full of such amazing minds and interesting people and people who have such abilities and are young, scrappy, and hungry mm-hmm. and are are also yeah. really cool. And the more we do this, the more we're able to talk to people in the same place um, that are growing their own businesses that are branching out and building networks. And I think that the conversations that I've had with other uh, small business owners, especially in the geeky space, especially women, have been really fun and really uh, enriching. And it's really nice to know that you're not doing this alone, that there are other people who have nightmares differently than you do but that you know other people who are struggling with the same things um and i think that that's 
the conversation that we're interested in bringing you guys along with, uh, making you a part of. Um, I think we're all figuring this out so we can figure it out together. Cool. Well, on that note, I think uh, what you should do right now is proceed right to episode one, which is already on the feed. We're mm-hmm. releasing these both together. Also, smash subscribe. Oh, yeah. You do that. Tell your friends. We share are not... the episode. Yes. Share it and talk about why you like it. Yeah. Rate us and review. What do the podcasters do these days? So here's the thing. Rate and review. How are you listening to this? I That's the question. Probably iTunes. They still have a huge, or Spotify. Huge. Those are the shares. Yes. So rate and review. Add us to your Spotify playlist mm-hmm. thing. Oh. And tell one friend. Yes. Or tell, two. Or five. <laughs> If you happen to have a couple thousand Twitter subscribers, tell those people. Cool. Great. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Like you. Like you. Like you. Like you. Do the ASMR. <laughs> oh, God. ASMR version. <laughs> <laughs> so you screwed it up so everything's terrible and you're going bankrupt it's fine it's fine you're fine you're valuable now go to sleep